AB665, which lets minors consent to their own mental health care once they reach age 12. They can also leave home and be put in a residential facility with no accusation of abuse. A kid can just be persuaded, hey, the teacher can convince them that his parents aren't safe and whisk them off to some house and you don't have to have any per parental rights, parental consent, and parents will be struggling to find out where the heck their kids went. Welcome to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital with Sophia and Greg. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital. We have some fun things to talk to you all about today, but right. before we get into it, we'll mention our coffee. I've already had a coffee for the day, so I'm just drinking water on this podcast. She actually drinks a lot of water. I always make fun of her. Yeah. How many of those do you have to drink a day? So I drink three of these a day because it's 40 ounces, and that gives me a full gallon. But before, I had a whole big gallon water bottle, and it had like times on it. It was like, make sure you drink this much water by this time. But this fits in my car better. It keeps the water colder. So now three of these for a gallon a day. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a generational thing, and that's crazy. Yeah, he thinks it's crazy to drink water. That much water. Okay, so your drink. I have coffee. Cold coffee. Cold brew, which I don't usually drink, and I didn't realize that it has extra caffeine, but so I'm going to be very watered. Yes, but now on to the important stuff. Yeah. We are going to be talking to you all about the Chino Valley Unified School Board meeting where a parental rights notification was passed. We're going to be clearing up a lot of misinformation that's been spread in the media as well as by elected officials here in Sacramento. And then we also are going to talk to you all about today, the U.S. Congress had a hearing regarding gender-affirming care. Gender-affirming yeah, care. Yeah, exactly. It's, for those of you that are listening can't watching, there was quotes thrown up Sorry. in the air. And then we are also going to talk about two events we have coming up. One event is we're co-hosting it with some great groups that's going to be here at the Capitol. And right. another event is just one that we will be speaking at, and it's going to be in Beverly Hills this Saturday. Ooh, so let's dive in. We have talked about the parent notification policy here on the podcast before. That's right. But for those that might be unfamiliar or haven't heard about it, can you give them a little explanation about it, Greg? Yeah, this started as an idea for a piece of legislation, AB 1314. Assemblyman Bill Asaley introduced this bill at our suggestion. Um, and this bill, what it was going to do is it just if a child was going to transition from one gender to the next, changing their pronouns, letting the school and all, all their peers know that, hey, I don't want to identify as my real sex anymore, then you have to notify parents. Because what's happening... The Department of Ed here in California has a policy that they're encouraging schools to keep secret the gender identity changes of children, no matter how young. If it happens at school, we got to keep this from the parents because children have privacy rights from their parents. But that's obviously, I wish it was obvious. It's yeah. not true. 
Seven-year-olds don't have privacy from their own parents. So this policy simply was going to say, hey, schools, if a child is asking to be referred to as a different gender, you got to tell parents. So that bill didn't ever got a hearing here in the state of in the legislature. So we pulled together some groups, other parental rights groups. We put together a policy with the encouragement of Bill LaSalle, and we launched a website. We called it Coalition for Parental Rights, and we have a model policy that we want other school, local school districts to implement their own notification policy. So we had our first school district actually do this, and not unsurprisingly, it was very controversial. So controversial that our state superintendent of public instruction decided to show up ensure encouraged by the governor mm -hmm. to come down and try and intimidate the Chino Valley Unified School District president. Her name was, is, <laughs> Sonia Shaw. And she did a great job. And she was not intimidated, as you will see in this video. But just briefly, the policy does more than just talk about gender. It also says that if a child has any significant physical injury at school, parents must be notified. That seems to be, would seem like an obvious thing parents would want to know. It also says that if a student has any suicidal intentions and a school employee finds out, parents must be notified. And the last thing it says is that if there's any incident or complaint of a verbal or physical altercation involving your child, including if your child is bullied or if your child is bullying someone else, involve the parents. The parents got to be notified. So all those three things plus the gender identity notification was all included in this new policy. It did pass four to one, but not without a pretty ruckus school board meeting. Yeah at, the, yeah, at the school board meeting, there was tons of people that showed up in support as well as opposition. And as Greg mentioned, we have Tony Thurmond, who showed up to the meeting to speak in opposition. There was 83 people that signed up to speak regarding the policy. That's right. Each person was given one minute. Even Assemblymember Bill Asaley, who was there in support of the bill, was also only given one minute and was cut off after his one minute was up. Yeah. After when people would speak after their one minute was up, the microphone would go off and they would have to leave the podium. That's right. So Tony Thurman was actually the first person to speak. And let's check out how that went. For our students, but may put our students at risk because they may not be in homes where they can be safe. Time. Time. And I learned something from a previous board president. Guys, be respectful. I am going to do a point of order, which I learned from a previous board president. Tony Thurman, I appreciate you being here tremendously. But here's the problem. We're here because of people like you. You're in Sacramento proposing things that pervert children. You had a chance to come and talk to me, Tony. By all means, you had a chance to come talk to me. Why was it so important for you to walk with my opponent? You are the very reason why we're in this. 
May, may I have, as a point of order, as the board point president. Of order, this is not your meeting. You may have a seat because if I did that to you in Sacramento, you would not accept it. Please sit. Can I get a point of order? You're not going to blackmail us. You already sent us a blackmailing letter on previous things. You will, not, you will not bully us here in Chino. Please see. Point of order. In Chino. Point We're going to take order. a five-minute break. We have one down, 82 to go. I'm going to reconvene the regular meeting. Please bring it down, guys. We got to get through this. So you can see it was a lot of conflict there. And what was happening is why was the superintendent of the state coming to a local school board, right? So he was coming to intimidate, to say, hey, the state is against this, and what you're doing is wrong, although it wasn't wrong, it's perfectly legal. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to play by different rules than everybody else plays. So he got his one minute, just like everyone else, but he wanted to have a debate. And uh, no speaker that was there that night is allowed to have a debate. And so that's how things are run. We've, been, we've testified many times here at the Capitol. After our time is up, they cut us off. And then the, the legislators proceed to criticize mm -hmm. our testimony and they say all kinds of things, and do we have an opportunity to rebut that? No. <laughs> exactly. There's a process to how things should be done, and Tony Thurman knows how things should be done. He's an elected official. He knows how things work, and he still chose to disrespect how things are done, and there's been a lot of misinformation going around saying that he was removed from the meeting, escorted from the meeting, all these things. No, he had his full one minute to speak. He wasn't cut off during the one minute. He got the full one minute. No. He went, as you guys were able to see in the video, he went and sat back down. She asked a rhetorical question, which again, here at the Capitol, legislators ask rhetorical questions. You don't get to answer them. He went back up to the mic, tried to continue to talk. And then he was not carried out, escorted out, any of these things out of the meeting. They just asked him to sit back down. He chose to walk out. And then he went and did a press conference in one of the classrooms in the building. So he was more than welcome to stay at the meeting. Yeah. And so that's a little, all kinds of crazy things happen at these meetings and different scenarios happen. And it was characterized as though he was kicked out by the police. Later, she simply said, no, we were just asking him to sit. Right. And he walked out on his own. He was not forced out. So anyway, so hopefully... Other school, now we're hoping other school boards do the same exact thing. We are talking to lots and lots of other school districts who want to implement the same exact policy. Sadly, um, and they're interested, but sadly, what happened after was that Sonia started to get death threats. Yeah, so let's check out the video where she talks about that. Last week in California, the Chino Valley Unified School District voted to require schools to do this. Sounds radical. Notify parents if their child identifies as transgender. Shouldn't parents know that? Under the new policy, schools must now inform parents if a student wants to use a different name or pronoun, or if their child wants to use a different bathroom. I mean, 
pretty common sense to me. Parents should be involved in these decisions. After all, we hear all the time educators saying, the reason we can't get better test scores is because parents aren't involved. Parents get involved, and guess what's happened? Guess what happens? The left is furious. When school board president Sonia Schall joined the program on Friday, her interview with Jody was continually interrupted as she received death threats on her phone, which continued throughout the weekend. Share with our viewers and listeners what you've encountered since the board took this policy step. Immediately um, the next morning, our district got a phone call. A lot of things were said, but one thing was very clear. This person was going to kill me, and they said that they were going to dismember my body parts, my limbs, more, more specifically. I had things like, you're going to die with some inappropriate words. Your children are going to die, and your animals are going to die. And then they would say things like point of reference, and they would name what kind of animals I had. And then I also got notification that people who identify as being in the terrorist organization Antifa posted on their website, we declare war on Sonia Shaw. They gave them my address. They said, we know that where you sleep. And they've said things like, use all force possible to stop her. To me, as nerve-wracking as that is, because I'm a parent, I'm a mother, I, I'm a, it was devastating because why are we doing this? To keep kids safe. And then it just reminded me, God reminded me that these are the people that are after our children. And this is something that is way beyond me being able to be bold and courageous. And I just have to trust that I'm going to be protected. So Sonia, as she mentioned, was receiving these death threats, not just about herself, but about her family. And a lot of people would cave or come back down to that. And she's not, she's staying strong and trusting the Lord. And she has a great group of people around her, protecting her and surrounding her and supporting her. But do not let what's happening to Sonia, if you are a school board member listening or you're a parent that wants to ask your school board members to take this up, don't let that stop you because that's what the goal of the people that are in opposition to parental rights is trying to do. They don't want any other school board to take this up. They don't want any other school board member to feel like ready to fight on this. And so that's why they're threatening her. They're trying to stop it. So the more people that go up on this, the more places that are gonna pass it, they're going to lose their power. They're not going to be able to be threatening all these people when it's a community-wide thing of people and school districts and school boards taking up this policy. That's right. That's how you fight against a bully is everybody stands up together. Mm -hmm. And so they're targeting one person who is bold, thinking they can intimidate anybody else to follow her lead. We got to make sure that everybody, as many people as possible, follow her lead. And Sonia Shaw is not the only person or issue we've talked about where people are being attacked or different topics like that. Like today, we were able to watch the House Judiciary Subcommittee on the Constitution and Limited Government DC. in D.C. This is not California. It's not California. So this is the U.S. Congress. They had a hearing regarding the dangers and due process violations of gender-affirming care for children. And with the whole gender-affirming care issue, we are watching children basically be sterilized and mutilated. Their bodies are mutilated. We are watching women's rights and protection and safeties go out the door. But today, Chloe Cole, she was one of the witnesses in this hearing. She's a detransitioner that we've talked about before. She did a phenomenal job. As from, She's from Cal Central California. Yeah, she's from Central California. And she went, it's her birthday today. Wow. And on her 19th birthday, 
she went to testify on this. So let's check out what she had to say. My name is Chloe Cole, and I am a detransitioner. Another way to put that would be, I used to believe that I was born in the wrong body, and the adults in my life whom I trusted affirmed my belief, and this caused me lifelong irreversible harm. I speak to you today as a victim of one of the biggest medical scandals in the history of the United States of America. I speak to you in the hope that you will have the courage to bring the scandal to an end and ensure that other vulnerable teenagers, children, and young adults don't go through what I went through. At the age of 12, I began to experience what my medical team would later diagnose as gender dysphoria. I was well into an early puberty, and I was very uncomfortable with the changes that were happening to my body. I was, intimida I was intimidated by male attention, and when I told my parents that I felt like a boy, in retrospect, all I meant was that I hated puberty, that I wanted this newfound sexual tension to go away, that I looked up to my brothers a little bit more than I did to my sisters. I came out as transgender in a letter I sent on the dining room table. My parents were immediately concerned. They felt like they needed to get outside help from medical professionals, but this proved to be a mistake. It immediately set our entire family down a path of ideologically motivated deceit and coercion. The gender specialist I was taken to see told my parents that I needed to be put on puberty-blocking drugs right away. They asked my parents a simple question. Would you rather have a dead daughter or a living transgender son? The choice was enough for my parents to let their guard down, and in retrospect, I can't blame them. This is the moment that we all became victims of gender-affirming care. I was fast-tracked onto puberty blockers and then testosterone. The resulting menopausal-like hot flashes made focusing on school impossible. I still get joint pains and weird pops in my back, but they were far worse when I was on the blockers. A month later, when I was 13, I had my first testosterone injection. It's caused permanent changes to my body. My voice will forever be deeper, my jawline sharper, my nose longer, my bone structure permanently masculinized, my Adam's apple more prominent, my fertility unknown. Wow. The, how many times I've heard her testify, and every time it's just gripping that this country is actually doing this to young people. The permanent damage from these drugs and these surgeries are irreversible, and yet we're letting minors, we are putting minors through this when most kids with gender dysphoria, high majority of them, would simply learn to love their bodies if we'd simply not socially and chemically castrate them. And it was heartbreaking to hear that last line that played where she said, my fertility is unknown. She's 19 years old. She hopes to one day be a mother and have children of her own based yeah. off of different things that she has said. And she has no idea if she'll ever be able to because of mistakes she made when she was in her teens that doctors and adults around her encouraged and affirmed. But she wasn't the only one that testified. Paula Scanlon also testified. And if you have not heard of Paula, she was a swimmer at University of Penn. She swam with the biological male, Will Thomas. You guys probably know him as Leah Thomas. He identifies as a female, swam at University of Penn. He's the male swimmer who swam against Riley Gaines, and she's been going around and speaking about that. But Paula was actually his teammate, and she didn't speak out about it for about a year 
because the school kept threatening them. She received emails from the University of Penn that said, you don't want to speak out on this because you don't want to see what will happen if you do, trying to silence the female swimmers from speaking out. So she finally spoke out about being teammates with this man and having to change in front of him. And mind you, they're not changing for a sport like soccer or basketball where if you go in the locker room and change, you normally have like your spandex and sports bra on. They're changing for swim. You're basically there with your swim teammates nearly naked as you're changing and she had to do it next to a biological man. So let's check out what she had to say today. My teammates and I were forced to undress in the presence of Leah, a six foot four tall biological male, fully intact with male genitalia, 18 times per week. Some girls opted to change in bathroom stalls and others used the family bathroom to avoid this. When we tried to voice our concerns to the athletic department, we were told that Leah's swimming and being in our locker room was a non-negotiable and we were offered psychological services to attempt to re-educate us to become comfortable with the idea of undressing in front of a male. To sum up the university's response, we, the women, were the problem, not the victims. We were expected to conform, to move over and shut up. Our feelings didn't matter. The university was gaslighting and fear-mongering women to validate the feelings and identity of a male. I don't know how in the world we got to accommodate where it was normal to accommodate this kind of thing. We've been, should be protecting young women from men who, men around the world have a, a reputation for not treating women well. And that's why we keep them safe in private bathrooms, in private areas. And all of a sudden we just throw that out the window. I've got two daughters, and I would never let them into a situation where they have to get naked in front of the random male in a bathroom. Um, and so we should all be outraged, but for whatever reason, it's now being, we're socially pressured to not be outraged. And, but it was, I was happy to see that one of the legislators in this hearing had the appropriate response and was appropriately outraged that we're even considered this. So yeah, Congressman Wesley Hunt, he's from Texas. He represents the 38th district in Texas. He did a phenomenal job defending women. Yeah. And we have it on our social media and someone commented and they put it perfectly. Finally, we have a real man defending real women. And what they meant by real man is not biological man, but this is what men should be doing. They should be protecting women and females and making sure they're not being harmed or put in danger. So let's check out what Congressman Hunt had to say. And I can assure you that my four-year-old and my two-year-old daughters will not change in front of biological men. This is ridiculous. I don't care what party you are a part of. If you think that we are all equal and the same, biologically, you've literally lost your mind. And when my two daughters work hard in the sport, work hard in their craft to be the best that they can be amongst other women, they will compete against other women. I owe Victoria and Olivia and every other young lady in this country that. If you think I'm wrong, I am not the problem. I can assure you, we have an opportunity in this country to get this right in 2024 so we could stop all of this foolishness. 
but I cannot thank you ladies enough for bringing this up. I apologize that we live in America when this is happening, but thank God for the American spirit fire and thank God for brave women like you because it's brave women like you that are gonna turn the tide so that future women won't have to suffer in the same way that you have. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. I yield back the rest of my time. And he put everything perfectly with what he had to say, as well as how he mentioned it's current women right now that have to fight to save future women from enduring this and it getting worse. And it's gone too far. You can't stay silent on this anymore. You have to speak about the fact that there's men entering women's spaces. And think about it. If a man wants to use a woman's restroom and not a men's restroom, there's obviously something wrong with that man. And so we should just now let him into the women's restroom. If I were to enter a restroom, a public restroom, and a man were to walk in, I wouldn't think, oh, maybe he identifies as a woman. I would run out of that restroom scared for my life, not knowing what's going to happen. And so men and women both need to stand up and speak out on this. And all those clips we just played for you, those were just two minutes from about each of their five minute whole testimony and everything they had to say. So go ahead and check out our YouTube channel, California Family Accounts on YouTube. We have the full five minute clips from each of them and you can hear from them all and all the amazing things they had to say today. Sounds good. Hey, and we also want to announce a couple things that are coming up. Mm -hmm. Some events that you get to participate in. Yeah, and how we've been talking about the Chino Valley School Board and men, boys being in girls' restrooms. There's a lot under attack and a lot of it is parental rights under attack, right, Greg? No, that's right. And so we have joined together with two other organizations, the Capital Resource Institute and Real Impact. And we are going to put on a parental rights rally and lobby day next month. And so we are encouraging any Californian concerned about parental rights and all these bills that are being pushed, robbing parents of the right to direct the upbringing and the health care of their own kids. We want you to come to Sacramento on the 21st of August. We are going to be training folks on how to lobby or organize you into small little groups. And we'll be going over to the legislative office building and talking to legislative offices. But we're also going to throw a huge rally. And guess who's coming to speak? Pastor Jack Hibbs will be speaking at the rally, as well as Sonia Shaw, the CVUSD school board president, who we just were talking about and showing you all the videos, as well as we have a couple other big-named, well-known speakers that will be coming, and we'll be announcing those shortly. But we're expecting a couple thousand people to show up to this. So, again, Monday, August 21st, book your flight, get ready to get over here, book your hotel. It's going to be a great day. Hopefully, it's going to be a day that's going to kill some of these bills. That's right. There, and there's a couple bills that we're particularly fighting against. One is AB 665, which lets minors consent to their own mental health care once they reach age 12. They can also leave home and be put in a residential facility with no accusation of abuse. A kid can just be persuaded, hey, the teacher can convince them that his parents aren't safe and whisk them off to some house and you don't have to have any parental rights 
parental consent and parents will be struggling to find out where the heck their kids went. Another bill is AB 957. This bill directs judges in custody cases that the child, the, get, the parent that gets custody of the child is going to be the one that affirms the child's gender identity. So we are now, California is going to tell judges to take custody from parents who think that their child's biology determines their gender. Right? I mean, it's unbelievably dangerous. There's a couple other bills. AB5, this is a, a bill that mandates all teachers get LGBT training. It also take it also gives them training on how to spot those parents who might be non-affirming. It's turning all parents who Christian parents particularly who believe that kids are born male and female and they can't change their gender. Those are the dangerous ones. And to know on that, to be a non-affirming parent, that doesn't mean you're kicking your child out of the house. That Absolutely. doesn't mean you don't love your child. It means you love your child. You know what's best for them is to be who they are created to be and that they're perfect in the image of God they are created in. That's right. Being non-affirming means you're not going to take your child to go get their body parts cut off or to go get put on medication that is going to block the natural process of what your hormones are doing that can ruin your fertility. Yeah. So there's not really that anything wrong with being the, non-affirming. The, they're very smart to throw the word affirming in there because it, it just makes it sound all wonderful and fuzzy, mm -hmm. but really it's to mutilating mm -hmm. your child. And is there one other bill that we're going to be... Yes, sorry, forgot to... There's another bill that's attacking the local control over uh, what school districts you put for curriculum. This is AB 1078. Uh, the state government, especially the governor, is going after school districts who are having problems with some of the pornographic books being put in libraries, who are resisting critical race theory in schools, and also don't want kids to learn about gender fluidity in kindergarten. And so this bill particularly enables the state to fine a school if they don't get the curriculum the state really wants. It makes it harder to get rid of books. It really is attacking local control. And it's because Sacramento, I mean, there is a whole reason we have federal government, we have state government, and then we have local government right. because no one should have control of everything. And here in California, in Sacramento, Governor Newsom and California legislators are upset and angry on the fact that there is local government, there are school boards that disagree with them and do things that push, not even push, they do things to protect children in a way that obviously the Sacramento people and Governor Newsom don't agree with. And so now they want to go in and take control of local government? No, and these laws that they've passed, they, have, they allow flexibility for local school districts to decide when curriculum and what type of curriculum is introduced. Most school districts are intimidated in the Department of Ed sends out these dictates to them and they just expect compliance. Now we have some parents who've elected some school board members that they're standing up for parental rights and they're finally pushing back and the state is intent on intimidating them. And this, some of these, this bill, AB 1078, is all part of that. Yeah, so Sacramento is coming for your children and what are you going to do about it? You can show up here in person for the event Monday, August 21st. It's going right. to be a great day. We're going to train you all. We're going to have a great rally. It's going to be a great day to lobby to your legislators. 
If you can't make it in person, the best next way to get involved is to be calling your legislators and also to be praying for the event. But also here at California Family Council, we are a nonprofit. We are based here in Sacramento. We are going to the Capitol. We are lobbying. We are testifying. We're being your voice here in Sacramento. And the best way you can support us to continue to be your voice is through prayer, but also through donations. So if you visit our website, CaliforniaFamily.org, you'll be able to donate to us because Again, we know you're all busy. We know you all have full-time jobs or you're raising your children or homeschooling your children, all these things. So you don't have time to constantly be staying updated, constantly be talking to legislators. And that's what we're here to do. And we would love both your prayers of support and financial support. That's right. So now... The so this weekend, you yes. have a big event coming on. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, so this weekend, there is going to be a worship and prayer rally slash protest outside what is soon to be DuPont Clinic. And DuPont Clinic is going to be the first all-trimester abortion clinic here in California. So live all action... All-trimester, now what does that mean? Yeah, it's awful. So live action survivors, Seth Gruber, we'll be there. We'll all be out there speaking, praying and worshiping against this all trimester clinic, which means they are going to be killing children up to 31 weeks and six days of a pregnancy. So let's discuss that. 31 weeks and six days is over seven and a half months of a pregnancy. A baby is viable outside of the womb by 22 weeks of a pregnancy. Mm. A baby's heartbeat is detectable by three weeks and one day of a pregnancy. But at 31 weeks and six days at this clinic, you will be able to kill a baby in the womb. There is no medical reason to have an abortion at that stage because what an abortion looks like at that in the third trimester is they inject potassium chloride, the same drug that is administered to convicted criminals that are on the death penalty. They send it through a woman's abdomen into a baby's heart to kill the child. Mm -hmm. And then give the woman labor-inducing medication for her to give birth, actually give birth, to her dead third trimester baby. So if you're, as a woman, if your life is in danger while you're pregnant and you're in your third trimester, just take the labor-inducing medication and give birth to your alive baby. You do not need to kill it. And that's what this clinic is going to happily do. So you can all join us this Saturday. It's at Beverly Hills. We uh, On our social media, we're posting the exact location. It's on Wilshire Boulevard. And we're expecting to see a couple thousand people out there. And we're going to see probably Pastor John Randall from Calvary South OC and other pastors from the area. And we can get the doors of this place to never open if we, as Christians, and we as the church, stand up for life. Because if we don't, who will? That's right. So thank you for being with us today. We plowed through a lot of information. You can always go to our website, californiafamily.org. We're writing articles about this all the time. Keep up to date on our social media. You can also sign up for our newsletter. Go to our website and hit the sign up button, and you will, you will get a weekly email with all the information to keep you up to date. All right. We will see you all this Saturday in Beverly Hills, and then we will see you all next week back on the podcast. And then the 21st, mark your calendars for uh, in August. Yes. Hope to see you there. Yes, see you there.